Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork on the Pork. I'm Blake. And we are the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet coming to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Never. We come to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, uh, the number one Raiders fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging with people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And talking of people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do, we're also brought to you with a cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your CDs, your LPs, your clothing, your band paraphernalia, posters from people who love the Canberra Raiders and bleed green, just like you. Well, I'm assuming just like you, because if not, why the hell are you listening to this podcast? Speaking of the greenhouse, uh, it's mm. gotten pretty wild it is on wild. there the last last few days. It's a wild place, yes. It's almost almost as wild as you on Facebook on a Saturday night. It's been wild and willing, yes, it has. Did you get it? Did you get on Facebook on Saturday night after the game, or did oh, you learn your I lesson? I didn't. I didn't. I was. I was doing a few more too many, a few too many red wines, and then uh, look out. No, I couldn't go to sleep. Had a really sore belly. I sat down there and uh, listened to you know um, uh, the bad finger. You know, right? Yeah, got a bit of mellow music. Cried a bit. Cried a bit. You know, try to find some brightness in the world. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. But uh, we've had an injury this week, haven't we? We have. John Sharkey. He was on his way into the studio just then because yeah. he's, he's now a regular on the show. In case you don't know, but he yeah. was on his way into the studio and he was he was carrying a chair. Yep. Because he insists he's insisting on having a chair now. He's I insisting. Know. I don't know where he gets the, the idea that the chairs. The milk crate's not good enough milk anymore. Milk crate's not good <laughs> enough for him, huh? But anyways, and he was he was he was actually running backwards into the studio into yep. the storeroom with a chair, and he's gone down. With an injury. Yeah, two to three weeks. Yeah, so he's to be determined. Well, depending on how things go this week, mm, mm. he may be back next week or we may decide we're better off without him. We'll, we'll, well, we'll see, see how the combination works without yeah. him. We'll, we'll see how things go. But um, I don't know, in general, I'm not sure about his contribution so far. I mean, last week... He's he, talking about the NBA, and I had no idea. No, I, and I didn't care either. You know, like, and he's taking a fair chunk of our salary cap too. Let's face it. You know, we're getting returns for it. I mean, we don't know. We haven't run a poll yet on what you, the punters out there, think about the the input of the shark. But well, he promised a, a a boost in the US audience, and he did. I haven't noticed it so far, but I've also got another theory actually about uh, our US audience. Hmm. How many of the actually people in Australia are using some sort of like VPN? Yeah. That makes them look as though they're in the US so they can yeah, get access an to IP like, scrambler. Yeah, get access to better Netflix or whatever it is. That's pretty clever. I'd do that too. Alright, listen, what's up everybody? I just want to address some of the rumors surrounding my injury. You know, I know that I'm not on the podcast this week and uh, you know the boys probably mentioned that earlier and obviously you've listened to most of it. It's probably been a really crappy dud of a podcast to be honest. But you know I just I did I did sustain an injury last week. I don't know really when it happened. Probably happened. It could have happened maybe when I um I suggested that the Raiders might actually beat Parramatta at home on a Saturday night. You know, a huge, really a big game that they probably should have and could have won. I don't know. That's weird. But you know, it could have happened then. Also, maybe it could have happened um just like my legs maybe could have buckled a little bit from trying to carry Blake and the Pork through another boring podcast. You know, I don't know. 
I'm early, you know, it's young in my career and um and I know ratings are down, but you know, it's a lot to ask of your new star player. I just want to say that I definitely did not get injured screwing my wife though in a toilet. That's not my face in one of those blurry, blurred out photos or videos that's on Twitter. So just want to really clear that one up. It's not me. I'm not the player that uh, is in that video. But uh, so I'm just going to try to rehab and get right. And uh, hopefully you'll see me next week or the week after, depending on how much I um, I get paid. Um, yeah, I also want to say that I'm playing in Sydney this weekend. Any of our Sydney listeners, if we have any left, I'm playing on Enmore Road at Highway Bikini. So uh, that's Sunday, Sunday evening. And uh, come on down and, and say hello. All right, I'm done. Bye-bye. We have to talk about the debacle that was the Parramatta Eels loss. Um, look, I don't think I can say anything worse about a side than this particular word, which I think describes it better than anything else. Insipid. Tepid. You know, we, were not, we weren't great. It was disappointing. Um, but the first half was pretty close. It was it was twelve ten at at, at half time and look, we almost could have scored a, you know another try or two and actually gone into the lead at, at half time but we capitulated uh, in the second half and it was it was it was disappointing. It wasn't uh, just a no, but it wasn't. It's not a capitulation. Look, I, I want to take you back to the dark days of 05-06. Take you back to the dark days of thirteen fourteen. In those times, 05-06 wasn't dark. It was dark for me. Any but okay, let's talk about thirteen fourteen. Jason Smith. Semi-finals. Yeah, let's talk about 13-14 then, in the darkness, right? Even in those times when we were getting beaten, even the 68-4 against the Melbourne Storm, they were outclassed. They were outclassed because it wasn't a good list, it wasn't a good squad, but they tried. I disagree, but I think there was there were points in the last days of Oh, maybe of in David the last, Ferner. but in general, you always saw a side that went out there and tried. And the thing that really got up my nose in that match was and Ricky reflected it in the press conference the amount of players you looked at and you thought to yourself what was that where was where was the desperation in that you know I can point to four players I looked at in that match where I thought really tried their all two of them did well um, with Kayla Bacons what a fantastic debut yeah um, no, it's good. I, even when CNK comes back I, I find it hard to believe Aikens will be out of the squad from this point on I think that was you know assuming his form goes on like that I thought it was brilliant Ryan Sutton who once more gets our $20 land speed man of the match um, voucher outstanding the, uh, the, the, the growth of Ryan Sutton yeah because when we sign him um at the same time as John Bateman, I saw him as more as being a project player because yeah. unlike um, Elliot Whitehead, John Bateman, George Williams, he wasn't an established star. No. All those other guys came over as established stars yep. from the Super League. They came over as players that already represented um, England. He hadn't done none of that. He was a bench player for Wigan and yep. a young forward and um, we took a punt on him and it's really paid off. He look, is, he, when he got dumped in the run into the um, grand final uh, in the grand, grand final in 2019, unlike other players who got dumped in the run in, there were other players who got dumped. He turned up to every freaking match. He was there the whole time with them, even when he wasn't even on the extended bench. He was there in his proper kit, smiling, giving. He um, had no nothing else but to do. <laughs> he didn't know anyone. So but, uh, but other people were doing other things, know. you know. And I'm not going to name names. <laughs> he was there, and he was positive, and he was there the entire time. And it's that attitude. He's in. He's bought in. You know. He's he's. You don't have to worry about his commitment. He is a hundred percent in. Well, the thing that's really been outstanding about him is is not only the effort, which is 
bit of see through the work rate, you know. Mm. But the execution's brilliant as well mm. because when you see his runs, he's finding his front and getting a quick play the ball yep. as, as good as anyone in our side. Yep. Yeah, and look, and he's right, not getting dominated. He's not getting twisted and turned. He's falling on his front every time. And and if the season ends up. now, like then God help us not. But if the season ended now, and not just the Raiders review with Blake and the Port player of the season, uh, he would get. He'd be getting the Meninga medal because he's clearly been the best player. If we lose to the Cowboys on Saturday, yeah. on Saturday night, is the season ending? Is that is that during the season? Uh, close? We've got to a point where we've got a long, long, long way to go. The, we really had to win the Eels match. You know that was starting to get season defined. This is season defining. There's there's no question. But apart from uh, uh, Aikens and Sutton, who played well, there were two other players who tried their guts out but it really just didn't come off for them. C.S. Oliola tried hard, but it just didn't work out for him. He's found himself having a rest this weekend. And Jordan Rapiner, a lot of traffic was aimed at him, and things did not go right for him on the weekend. They just didn't. But he never, ever, ever stopped trying. I didn't think he was that bad. And look, they kick, they kick to him every single time because he's uh, the only, with C&K out... Yeah. He's the only one that can really make the, the yardage yeah, um, well, we'll out see. of our own end. And, and it's a bit like us kicking to Ferguson. Yeah. That takes the second tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and kicking away from, you know... Like... And so someone I saw had an interesting theory on the greenhouse, which I um, thought was quite good, was that um, they were kicking to him because then they know that Croker, who's not good at making yards out of our own end at all, would then be the one that would be forced to take the second hit up and then they'd have us on the back foot. Yeah. So something that... Um, that Jordan Rappin actually started doing. I don't know if you noticed, he started throwing those really long balls to Aitken so that they wouldn't be getting tackled yep. on the first tackle in the corner and it would open up the field a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that was better. But the, the issue was in that match too that you kept looking at them and they were looking around thinking, oh yeah, we'll run over and we'll get them. And there was this like feeling of entitlement that they were going to win the match. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really I really felt that. The, the number one thing that pissed me off in that match was... While Mitchell Moses' kicking game was far superior, I think, to ours, Jack White put up a lot of really good bombs that went up a long way. Mike Acevo dropped one because it, it literally, like it was right in line with me, and it, it turned about six metres above his head and went away from him by about two metres. Like it actually went away. But that was the only, it. what they said on the, the but commentary. But the rest of them had no chases. Yeah. There was no chase on the kicks. Well, that was the only real sort of crazy twisty bomb yeah. that Jack put up whereas there were other he, ones that were look, high they weren't no, crazy but they were like pretty that. much up and down whereas if you look at Moses he had the crazy spirals on and he was turning bad sets into good sets Just he was with his, his kicks he absolutely he, was I, you know everyone hates Mitch Moses and he's, 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 he's easy to dislike I really is I mean he's Benny Elias' nephew that's that's a bad start I didn't know him. that but that yeah. makes a lot of sense <laughs> but um but, and but he, yeah, that's the of, best. That's the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, I've accused him many times of being a flat track bully. Well, that wasn't a flat track. No, he that did, wasn't a he flat did track. So I mean, although well, I think that we were poor, uh, Parramatta Eels were very good. They were very good. But for our pack to be beaten like that, well, that's the thing. At the start of the season is a shocker. The start of the season, we said that you know our real strength was was through the pack, and look, we've got come up short against Penrith. And again, come up short, very short against the Eels, who mm. only the week before had been totally dominated by um, the Dragons. The Dragons kind of shown that the way to beat the Eels is to, 
to mm. bash them up the middle. And so I thought that's what we would do. Well, but it I think just didn't and happen. I think Eels were responding to that, but we shouldn't have been that badly beaten in, in the forward pack. Yes, the Eels have a good forward pack. We know they have a good forward pack, but they were missing, missing Ryan Madison, who is going to be missing for a while by the looks of things. Um, and, you know, one of their best. And we were beaten really quite badly. Now, yes, I do know that when Elliot Whitehead goes out of the pack and has to go into centre, which is, you know... I, and I couldn't believe, and Rick was kicking himself as hard as anyone could, saying, I really should have had Chris on the bench. Well, well, he should have listened to the show. He should have, well, he should have had Chris on the bench. He should have had Chris, but he knows Doesn't that. he listen to you anymore? Yeah, but he knew, he knows that. He, he knew he should. He took it. He was... It's one of those things where it can't happen again, surely. I can't lose another back. It keeps on happening. It and does. as I said, well, before, he's not going to make that mistake again. For, for a while he? there, it was like, why does he keep on um, having an outside back on the bench? Well, because every week... They were getting called in. And also, as we've noticed, he only really uses two of his forwards on his rotation Yeah. anyway. And then the other two... Well, I think you're going to find there's going to be a back on the bench henceforth. Um, but he was... Well, know, there's not one currently named. There will be. Unless, you know, he's relying on, on Corey Harawira Nida I... to, to cover centre. I mean, but... we'll go into the sides. Well, I mean, let's... But before we get on to, to, to where we're going, because I think there will be a back on the bench, and we'll cover that in a thing. What is going wrong, Blake? So many things, really. But I, th- I think the, the biggest one is that um, maybe our style, our grinding style, is not working with the, with the even further sped up ruck. Mm. And maybe it could be twofold thing. One hand, um, the style will no longer work. The very... Very simple. Well, I mean, the last couple of years we've won on our defence, mm. you know. And when we're leaking thirty-five points or whatever it is against two weeks in a row, how many did we lose? Did Penrith score in the end? Thirty to ten, but one yeah. the last try was in junk time, and you yeah, know, that was an inset one. Where you we're can't, try, we're not, so. we're not going to like in the past. The only way we could win was scoring thirty plus points. Yeah, yeah. But the recent success, you know, has been based on restricting the opposition to twelve or fourteen points or something yeah. like that. And yeah, we don't seem to be able to do that at the moment. No. So that's 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 a big worry. No, and no, look, I think in both those matches, I don't think there's any confusion that CNK at fullback is one of the best defensive fullbacks in the NRL, and not having him for those matches was a large chunk of that. I really think, you know, as much as people criticise him for not um, being the, the world's player. best in a ball playing and yeah. attack, in defence, his position is brilliant. And his one-on-one tackling, regardless of who the size, but you know, we used to say about Jack when he was uh, playing at fullback. Yeah, didn't matter who was coming at him. Jack was gonna was a always as good a chance of bringing them down as anybody was, regardless of their size, in order to take them down. Well, CNK's the same, so that, that's a big factor. And then you know the the reorganisations to cover the outs, you know, have sent people who sit comfortably in their their position at second row, which is such an important defensive position. You know, playing next to a centre, oh, it's, it's and all never of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, you get that disorganised, and all hell breaks loose. So I, I think there are mitigating factors, but um, you know, one of the things that um, I think is going wrong now is in 2019 we had X Factor. We had two players with X Factor, specifically yeah. two players with X Factor. We had Johnny Bateman, who was X Factor. He could make something happen out of nothing. Yeah. And you always had to be on his... Because he wasn't going to be convenient. He wasn't going to be traditional. And he scared teams because he gave them that, the Shane Warne jitters. You know, because, my God, what's he going to do next? Is he going to beat me? But the other one was Joey Lalua. Now, Joey Lalua, as we've discussed many times before, is rocks and diamonds. No questions about it. But there were diamonds. 
and he has X Factor. He palms through, he opens up a hole, he flicks the pass off, and all of a sudden, everything that looked under control for a defence is out of control because he's there. Now, sure enough, he'll lose you matches too. He won't throw that pass in the grand final, which was really his death now. But he threw that one in... Uh... In against Melbourne. Yeah. The flick on the inside, which put Bateman across the line. So it's there. And what I'm seeing here is we have no X factor. Yeah. Nick and, Kotrick, I think, is we're missing a lot as well. Yeah, Both and, through... and Jordan Rappin is slowing down a bit. Had that, has that X factor as yeah. well to a certain extent. Um, and that's that's what the side's really missing at this present moment, is that someone who makes something... I'm really hoping Sebastian Chris can show us a little bit of that X factor. Because yeah. I think he has it in him. I think he has it in a, not just in regards to a flick or something fancy or something crazy, but in regards to that 1% extra effort. Like that well, real like full-on, I'm going to take my opportunity, here it is. He's in the mould of, of the, the players that, you know, the modern centres. Yeah. He's the powerful, you know... Yeah. Palm with one hand and charge through, and you yeah. better want to stop him. But, you know, part of my thing is, at the moment, is, you know what, we've got Harley Smith-Shield on the long-term injury list, and we've got Joey Lalua sitting up there at the West, West Tigers playing resis, and we're paying half his salary... Maybe it's time to get a bit of X Factor back. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Crazier things. Have that... people heard of dumber ideas at this stage? Crazier things. Have... Maybe if we lose if we lose to the Cowboys, you know... Oh, look. You, you, you'll get some more traction with that crazy theory. But I, I think there's t- it's one of those things. I think there's too much water under the bridge. I mean, I, I've, I've flagged Anthony Milford returning to the club, oh. and people, people get upset about that one. That's a different set of events. That is that is the glory of game. He or, he punted us instead of us yeah, punting him. Yeah, weren't you the one who tried to hurt us with goodbyes? Well, go to hell, go to hell. You know, people talk about prodigal son. Well, the prodigal son went back to Brisbane. We was sick dad. Okay, okay, okay. We've we've heard this nah, before. Milford can go away. I don't we've, care. We've heard I'm not. And, and it's got we, X Factor, and it come cheap. Canberra Raiders round seven. The North Queensland Cowboys. What an absolute dud of a season they're having and our new look Raiders should have no real difficulty with them although my mind does run back to when a full strength Raiders got knocked over by an origin affected Cowboys at a shocking night at Bruce Stadium one night but I'm putting that aside this team is the real deal enough of the bullshit Raiders by 56 this week we got the North Queensland Cowboys yeah, um, and, and so they're coming off a win albeit against Canterbury the big team announcement I can't remember a, a team teamless Tuesday that I or anyone has um, anticipated as much mm. as this one. There were rumours swirling around who was going to be dropped. I mean, it was initially you that uh, flagged the possibility of, of team changes in the press conference. Well, it was and no Ricky sort of with Ricky that that was where his head was at. And I just raised it. He, he refuted. No, Tim said that, not I didn't. Yeah. And so then we were kind of, Willie, Willie, will heads roll, will they not? There were a lot of rumours swirling around. And then in the end, what ha- what I thought was going to happen... And what actually happened was very different. If I thought heads were going to roll, pretty much one of the first heads I would have would have had on the chopping block would have been Curtis Scott, and, yeah. and he retains he retains his place. <clears throat> and then there was talk of Hudson Young. I mean, he's been one of our best players this year, but he did miss quite a lot of tackles, and there was a lot of mm. the, the Parramatta attack went through his side, also yep. through Curtis Scott, who then in the end was defending on the wing. So yeah. Um, but if I was going to really make a statement if I was Ricky Stewart I was really going to make a statement and I was going to drop someone who appeared undroppable Jared Croker would have been the next one I would have had on the chopping block just never going to happen 
It's just well, I would have said the same thing about Josh Hodgson. Josh Hodgson was never going to drop, but now yeah, but he's in. Josh now Hodgson he's injured. Dropped. He's he's been injured. And what's your take? What's your take on the injury? Do you believe I he's injured? He, I think he's injured. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I think he's injured. <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face. This Remember is... about two years ago when um, Aiden Caesar was really struggling, and there were calls to bring yeah, Sam, Sam Williams. Williams into the team. He was injured then too, wasn't he? Yeah. Look, here's the thing. It'll be a cold day in hell when I remove my support for Josh Hodgson. A cold day in hell when I don't well, think is, he's our best option this, at this number time, nine. At yeah, this and this time last week, you were saying that anyone who thinks he's the problem's an idiot. Clearly, Ricky Stewart agrees with that statement that he's I the problem. I don't think so. I think he's injured, and that's the line that's been taken, and that's the one we're doing. So you're out here to slag Josh Hodgson, are you? So no, not at all. I think Josh Hodgson is one of our best players, and I, although he didn't have a very good game against the that. Eels, I think Josh Hodgson is our best player. I'll go further than that, right? If Josh Hodgson puts himself on the open market today, yeah, how many other clubs in the NRL put his, put their hands up to have him? I'd say right now, at this present moment, All his manager Melbourne. Isaac Moses, although he's not his manager anymore officially, yeah. is on the phone already to Trent Robinson. Yeah. And Trent Robinson would actually be wetting his pants to get his hands on Josh Hodgson right now. All, all the clubs, bar probably, I would say you could rule out Parramatta and the Storm, who've got you know, yeah, they got their they got the. Pretty get to get any other club. Conversely, the other potential sacrificial lamb, Jared Croker gets punted. Uh, how many clubs are queuing up to to sign Jared Croker tomorrow? Yeah, but the, the Bulldogs. Maybe the Cowboys. I can't think of any others. Speaking of the Jared Croker um, conundrum, though, do you know how many years he's signed on for beyond this one? Another three, is it not? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a crazy bit of business. I mean, I know I'm all for, you know, rewarding loyalty and, and, and long service, but that, the way the game's going, you know, Andrew John said it when he was asked if Jared Croker would potentially overtake Cameron Smith as the highest ever point scorer in the NRL. He really doubted that he's going to last in the NRL well, in sufficient and it, years. But it's not to... just that. It's not just that. Cameron Smith is the, the goal kicker for a high-scoring side, a side that won matches by scoring lots and lots of points. The Raiders, in their successful era, which is you know this but most even recent the, era, even, are not a high-scoring side. But even in the unsuccessful era, we were still scoring a lot of points. And so statistically, on average, if Jared yeah, Croker would, lots. if Jared Croker, yeah, but that doesn't affect his point scoring total. But it if is Jared now. Croker sticks out the next three years, he probably will get there. I don't think he will. I don't think just but the nature of the game that we're playing, I don't think he will stick out the three years. No, because the no, game's I don't gotten think too he'll fast. Get to that level, but the game's got the game's got too fast. It's it's never before as as much as it's been now has it been a young Jared man's Croker power game. Jared is not going to get dropped from the side unless I'm he's injured. Never, or unless in, something unless he's diabolical <laughs> unless goes he's wrong. In, unless he's injured. Unless he's running backwards. You know what's fantastic about that particular conundrum? Is that you and I aren't the coach and we don't have to make decisions like that. You know, and, and one of the things we all need to remember in that, because all of us have an opinion on who needed to go, and I, I, I'm included in that. I mean, I was looking at certain players there, and you know... Okay, and you didn't have Joe Tarpany on your list either, did you? I did not. But do you know, I had, I definitely had Hudson Young on my list, and I definitely had Curtis Scott on my list. Um, but, and, and probably Bailey Simonson, who... I definitely had Bailey yeah. Simonson on my list. Um, but that's for a different reason. But the number one player, and I've said this so many times, and people have had a go at me, that needs to lift for our club to be competitive is Jack Whiten. 
we cannot. I, I talked about X Factor. He's got to bring that X Factor. Well, that's and it. He that's, is bringing nothing. Now, people are saying he hasn't been getting early ball. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. But at the same time, when he does have the ball, occasionally he's doing stuff, but not like he should be. Not like uh, no one's. He does not strike terror into a side running the ball the likes that Jerome Luai does right now. You know, he doesn't, or like Cam Munster can. He just he, he doesn't have that, like no one's saying, oh my God, what's he doing? Nathan Cleary runs cross field with the ball and everyone's thinking, shit, if I go in and get him, I'm going to open up a hole. No one's thinking that with Jack. You know, yeah. and that that's one of the things that I was looking at. But look, we did get team changes in. Um, so our side looks like this. We've got Emre Gula, who had a pretty good return match off the bench. He's in number 10. Starling's in number nine, and Ryan James comes back off a rest in number eight. That's a fairly good front row, I think we'll agree. Then we've got Whitehead and Young in the second row, and Whitehead taking on the co-captaincy this week. Um, then we've got Ryan Sutton locking the scrum, and I think that's very good there. He's doing well. The halves are the same. George Williams and Jack Whiten. The centres are the same. Curtis Scott, Jared Croker. On one wing, we've got Seb Chris. On the other one, we've got Jordan Rappin, and we've got Aikens at the back. On the bench, we have Havili. Harawira and I are coming back for the first time. Corey Horsburgh, Crazy Horse, and Josh Papali. Now, Josh Papali ain't dropping out of that list. I won't be surprised as well if he gets transferred into the front. But who knows? He, he's going to be playing. Our extended bench is Matt Tomoko, Sia Soliola, Matt Frawley, and Joe Tarpanay. I don't see Joe Tarpanay making his way back into that list. I think Ricky's made his statement he's going to stick by that. Matt Frawley's there as a backup to injury to one of the halves. Sia Soliola may come back in if there's an injury to a forward, but I doubt it. But what I do see is Tomoko coming in to the side um, in exchange for one of those bench forwards to give cover for the outside backs. And I see that. I see that clearly. I, I, I don't think that's... I, I think that's a likelihood. I, don't, I, I, I think it probably runs out 1-17 to 17 as is. Um... What I would say is, playing devil's advocate, maybe Josh Hodgson actually is genuinely injured. Hmm. I and the suggest only re- that he is. And the, uh, you still can't do it with a straight face. And the only reason that um, that Jared Croker wasn't dropped was because it would have been created too much of a leadership vacuum. I'd suggest or, I suggest you might be onto something there, but I, I still I still can't believe at this stage they're going to be dropping Jared Croker. I don't think he's been the problem. I think everyone complains about him and says, oh, he's not this slow, his defence isn't that crash hot and so on. But he hasn't actually been the reason we've been losing. You can't actually say, oh my God, he missed this tackle and did that or dropped that ball. Is, Joe, is, is Tarpany the reason we've been losing? Is Josh Hodgson the reason we've been losing? I think Joe Tarpany is more dropped because he's the reason we haven't been winning because he hasn't been stepping enough to take charge of the game. Ricky said to him and, and Papa last year, when Hodgson went down, you've got to step up now and lead the team forward, and he did. Well, he's still got to step up and lead the team forward, and he's not. But up against us for the team list, we I got... I mean, I've... Josh Papali's been solid, <laughs> but he hasn't been at his best either. Yeah, well, he'll he'll live for this. Um, up against the Cowboys, we've got Jordan McLean, we've got Robson, um, at uh, Reese Robson, number nine. Um, Cohen Hess, number eight, which I think is probably his best place. Definitely not in the centres. Then we got a young man called Condon in the second row, uh, Ben Condon. He's played four games. And then we've got Shane Wright, who's played 29 games, the other second rower. And then we've got uh, Lachlan Burr, who's played 66 games, um, locking the scrum. The halves are Ben Hampton, ex of the Broncos, uh, and Scott Drinkwater. Ex of the Storm. Storm, yeah, sorry. 
Um, then we got Lamulu and O'Neill, Justin O'Neill in the centre. So, I thought he'd retired. So did he should have. Tabu <laughs> Fidow is not there um, in the side. He's their wonderkind in the back. So he yeah. he's must be injured. We've got Kyle Felt on one wing, who's very good and is a good finisher. And we've got Tuolagi on the other wing. Valentine Holmes at the back. Then on the bench, we've got Jake Granville. We've got uh, Mitchell Dunn. We've got uh, Francis Molo and, of course, Corey Jensen. Now, is he Rod, uh, a kid of Rod Jensen's by any chance or no? Probably a bit so. old. Yeah. I don't think so. Probably a bit old. Um, but the extended bench. The extended bench. You've already screwed up the whole time with this because you've already done the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? They've got Esan Masters, a young man called Peter Holler, um, who has, in fact, played nine games. Um, Jake Clifford in the halves. He's a 38-game player against uh, Tom Gilbert um, as their last one, who's a prop, who's played 12 games. Up against the extended bench of the Raiders of Matt Tomoko, Ciasoliola, Matt Frawley and Joe Tarpanay. Raiders take that extended bench quite easily. That um, Cowboys lineup, it looks pretty ordinary. But it's still being coached by Todd Payton, who does get blood from stones. And you will note, Josh Maguire left the club and they've won. Yeah. Well, this is this is the big thing. I mean, we come into this game, in theory, we're one of the good clubs and then one of the crap clubs. Well, there's a different standard of opposition, but they come in on the back of two, two wins. Two wins, yeah. And they, we come in on the back of two losses. Beating the Tigers but You away. know what I would say about the um, the Cowboys um, roster is that's another example of you have three players on a million bucks, mm. right? You have um, Valentine Holmes is on a million bucks or mm. quite good enough to it. You've got Tamalolo, um, Tamalolo and of course... Um, Michael Morgan. Michael Morgan, who's now gone. But it doesn't work. You can't have three players on a yeah, million bucks. Yeah, you can't. Because then you just get left two... Sh- it's like the Manly example. You don't have enough in the sheds. No. Yeah, that's right. You end up with some r- few really... And we don't have Tabau fit out this week, and we don't have uh, Tamalolo, who apparently has still got a busted hand. That's the other hand now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's 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 yeah, that's right. And it's Saturday night... Um, we've got at 7.35. So while it will be warm, it shouldn't be absolutely boiling. So that takes the ridiculous uh, heat out of, you know, the the day there. So look, it's anyone's guess. Um, we need a win by any means necessary. If it's a two-point win on the back of the most biggest howling decision from referee, I don't care. I don't care. We need a win. Um, otherwise, while I don't think the premiership window's closed, my goodness gracious me, someone better stop it closing very very quickly I'm really I'm really worried I'm really worried that the the, the premiership window is closed and we're almost at that point of where where do we go from here I mm. mean you know is Ricky going to just just tear apart the ship and start again or yeah well you're looking at a lot of the players that are in that you know we're over 30 now you know and, and you're looking at a lot of the players in that side we've gone from being one of the sides you know back in 2016 with one of the ru- youngest rosters yes and I know it's five years different to one of the ones with the oldest rosters yeah you know if you, if you look at our, our side um, just, just right now okay so what have we got this weekend em- Emre Gould is a kid Josh Starling is a kid but Ryan James he's not quite 30 but he's 29 then Whitehead's over 30 um, Sutton and Young are below 30. George Williams and Whiten are below 30. But Whiten's 29 now, 28, 29? Yeah, 28 now. Um, in theory, in his peak. I'll say one thing Croke about Jack... over 30. I'll say one thing about Jack Whiten as well. Ricky Stewart stated pre-season that his goal was to get Jack Whiten the Blues' number six jersey. I think it, on current form, Jack might be doing well to hold on to his um, 
three or four jersey or whatever he wore last year. Especially with Tommy Turbo's return the yeah. other day. And while Latrell getting suspended might help him, but... Well, Latrell wasn't playing in blue last year, was no, he? No, but he was, he was a big chance of getting named in the centres this year. Probably yeah, still will be. He was. But yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of players pushing the age thing there, and you've you got to say, well... Anyway, so, but here's the question. Who's got a lift? Who? Where's my harmony, man? Oh, sorry, I totally forgot. You totally forgot. You just don't care anymore, man. You don't care. It used to be. It used to be. About I'll, the, I'll edit in something later. Used to be about the jingles, man. Used to be care. Used to care. Well, there's been a bit of feedback on our jingles, on, on your jingles lately, and yeah, they're, they're on borrowed time. Sharky's supposed to be doing new jingles. Dennis first. Dennis Carnahan contacted me midweek and said they were the best. Um, and hopefully, we'll be having a song from him to close out the show. Um, uh, and kind of said my jingles are fantastic, and you know, there's no greater <laughs> greater thing. Like, but my question that's is that's coming from a prof- professional musician. It is. Um, my my thing is not who's got a lift; it's who doesn't. Who doesn't yeah. have? Well, to lift? obviously, the obvious who's got a lift candidates are George Williams and Jack Whiten, mm-hmm. because the conventional fan wisdom has been that um, the reason they haven't been performing very well it's because Josh Hodgson's been back and he's been taking too much of the ball for himself and look that moment where he did that kick to um, Regan Campbell-Gillard that, that chip on the on the third yeah was he did he go off at that point because he was injured again or was he dragged oh uh, look because I don't think I've ever seen him be dragged before no, I've never seen him dragged before either. But, um, I mean, the issue is you can't have Tommy Starling sitting on the bench doing nothing. He had to come yeah. on at some stage. And, and one thing was with Josh, it wasn't for lack of effort in that match. Yeah, too much effort. Anyway, he was so trying his Who's got a lift is obviously George Williams and Jack Whiten because mm-hmm. the shackles are off. There's no excuses. They've got to own this game. Shackles are off. I, I still contend that that's, that's not right. I, I think they've got a lift because they've got to do things. They've got to make it happen. I think the centres also have to lift. I think Jared Croker and Curtis Scott have to respond to this criticism and do something, add some X Factor, make something happen. That's their damn job. Make something happen. We're out there where it's one-on-one, make something happen. And they got damn money. Yeah, and they got damn money. That's exactly right. I want to see a big one from Ryan James as well. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I, he hasn't really been... Um that impressive uh, he's been good but he needs to, to rise to that, that area but um, now we'll get to the uh, the most popular segment on the show I think there's there's never a question about this one it's the ass Clown of the Week <laughs> who've you got who's your ass Clown I'll tell you mine it's Michael Shamus yes I mean I'm not sure you know, like, and I've been accused correctly in the past of Dorothy Dixing, you know, uh, of, of being a mouthpiece, you know, for for the coach, for the club, you know, making statements basically that support where they're at, etc. And that has happened. But I like to think when I've done those things, that I've done it on the back of actual evidence where there's actually a supporting argument. That Michael Shamus thing that came out in the Sydney it was Morning a hatchet Herald job. was like this is a paid announcement on behalf of you know the Penrith Panthers yeah. Proprietary Limited. It was like and the shit they were coming up with in that match, you know, in order to show, you know, that oh the Raiders deserved everything. It's yeah, like there's two sides to every you, story. Yeah, yeah, and, and there is, and there's no question in the match the Raiders were sledging as as much as they were being sledged. The issue was they weren't like lauding it like absolute pillocks like Stephen Crichton did. You know, and we haven't heard anything more about the Stephen Crichton fine because I think, you know, as I've nicely pointed out to the NRL, that the door swings both ways. 
if a, reserve, a player on the reserves bench is not allowed to touch a player on the field, otherwise they'll get the book thrown at them, a la if they're a coach or a trainer doing exactly the same, well, you can't touch a player that's on the bench either. The door swings both ways. And so either Crichton and the trainer get the same fine, you know, either one of them, has, they both have to get 1350 or they both have to get 10000 because yeah. the rule is the same both ways. Just because Joe Tarpanay's in the jumper, everyone blurred that distinction. But if Joe Tarpanay had started that, all hell would have flown at him. Yeah. And and no one's looked at it from that perspective, but I think the NRL's just had that pointed out to them that, that they're not in that position. But yeah, Michael Chambers, that was that was just a pathetic piece of arse clanner. Yeah, I, I do agree. People went overboard on having a go at Penrith Panthers, and I'm on record of saying they're good. You know, to the victors go the spoils, and they're allowed to celebrate. Crichton was the only tool that took that too far. The rest of it, everyone, suck it up, princess, you lost. But Shamus coming out and doing the other, that's just pathetic. Yeah. It, it was, really is. It was, it was... You can't imagine he's on very good terms with the, uh, the the folk around the Raiders. Well, it's not just that. He's not reading the room either. If you look at the Twitter traffic, you know, from the, the broader rugby league community, it's not just a Raiders-Penrith thing. No. The, the amount of people who think that Penrith are carrying on like pillocks... It is absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know, it, it's it's quite amazing. Now, a lot of that is based on the fact that they're losing to the Panthers and don't like it when it happens. Oh, Lou the Panthers been, are getting into been, the Millwall zone, though. Lou has been carrying on. Oh, he has. He's been carrying on for for a long time now, and and that's oh, that's that's his thing. In the same way, like I said, the All Stars, it was it was he and Cody Walker were were you know mm. at each other, two of the biggest grubs in the game. Yeah, moving forward, and yeah, I don't think that's in doubt. But yeah. That story was a bit ridiculous. And also, just um, Ivan Cleary just really comes off as, does as, come as off a badly. really arrogant, smug git. Yeah, look, I'm a massive Ivan Cleary fan. Back back when I was doing things and no one was giving me the time of day, Ivan Cleary was always giving me the time of day. And he's always direct and he's always frank about things. But it's really hard when you have conversations with him like that not to have admiration for him. And let's be very clear this this pants you like a lot of wankers though he's not a wanker yes i do like a lot of wankers he is not a wanker neither's dce by the way dc is awesome um neither he's made this panther side who's he bought in happy coruscant kurt capewell really superstars are they phil gould made this (laughs) panthers team they're all juniors they're all the juniors that phil gould brought in last 10 years and ivan clear has developed into this side and they got Ivan Cleary back because they realised they needed him and not Phil Gould. They got Ivan Cleary back because they realised that if they didn't get him back, they were going to lose Nathan. And that was a pretty good decision, really, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. That's why they got him back. Anyway, not. But um, Michael Shamus, you're the ask out of the week. Um, but there, there have been something that's irritated me this week and might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Tell me. The Raiders me. being insipid. You know, I can take losing. Truth, I'm a Canberra Raiders supporter of 40 years, 50 years, whatever, 40 years. Um, I can take losing. I know how to lose. I've seen a lot of losses. I, I remember so many times coming up back on that cold bus in the darkness from Seaford Oval back to the Belconnen Interchange where I'd have to walk bloody five kilometres to get home after my side had got hammered by 40 points. And I was still a Raiders supporter. But they were trying. Those sides were trying. They might have been inept, but they were trying. To have a side that basically looks around at each other for who's going to do something, you know, and see the sort of insipid, the sort of tepid efforts that I saw from this side, 
that shouldn't be... Parramatta were deserved winners and may well have won if the Raiders had played their good match. You know, Parramatta is, is a good side this year. But to actually see not just the white flag hoisted, but people actually looking around thinking, oh, 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 you know, like, oh, something will happen. And that's really the vibe I got. That, it grinds my gears. You know, if you're going to lose, boys, that's fine. You're going to lose. We're going to stick by you. My side. There's no question about that. But for God's sake, go down fighting. Go down absolutely hammering into that line. Once more into the breach or fill the gap with our English dead. None of this rubbish stuff where you're all failing to look at each other behind the goal line because once more you don't know how that try went in. That's not what we do. When what was happening, so I wasn't at the ground, what was happening uh, in goal after Parramatta scored some of those tries? And some of those tries were pretty soft. Yeah. What was what was the body language? What was being said by the team? Oh, Jared Croker was ripping into a few people and talking about things, but people were looking away, hands on hips. Oh, was it was it a bit like um, was it a bit like Jake Trevojevic a couple of weeks ago? Not quite that bad, no. Where but it was looking at their shoes. It was along the same and line. And how they turn things around? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing. Everyone said, "Oh, one player can't make that much difference." <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe we're missing John Bateman because he wouldn't stand for that. No, he'd punch one of his own players <laughs> out to get them moving. And Elliot be right there with him, if nothing else for the amusement value. Um, but yeah, we need that X factor. We need that indomitable spirit. Where is the indomitable spirit? Because people are starting to was believe. Was Josh Hodgson vocal, or was it? Mainly by the Jack? time that was happening, Josh Hodgson. In all fairness to Josh Hodgson, when he came off, the Raiders, I think, were six points down. Yeah. You know, we weren't by and that what, stage and, twenty-five points down. You obviously were very close to him when he was off. Yeah. What did you pick up from his body language or... He was trying hard. He was trying hard in the match. No, no, when he's sitting when, at the end of the game, what did he do? He just sat on the bench and watched forlornly? Or was it, uh, it wasn't forlornly. It was a bit wide-eyed. Um, but, um, yeah, no, he he, was, he wasn't pleased with the situation. Did he speak to Ricky when he came off? Ricky wasn't on the sideline. It's not oh, sitting that's on the sideline. Box, wasn't he? Shut up on the box. Spoke yeah. to Matt, Matt Ford just down the sideline. Coming up, we've got... Um, South versus the South coming back from North Queensland on the Five Thursday Five-day turnaround. Five-day turnaround coming back. They've got a six-day turnaround. Um, they're also coming back from the Gold Coast. I'd say we're a bit more challenged in that regard, so that's going to be a tough match. Then we go down to Wagga to play the Knights. Both of those, like, A, we have to get them win against North Queensland, but then we have to really come back. If we can win all of those three, the tram might be a little bit back on the rails, but history says if you aren't in the eight by round 10... You no chance. Do you know this is and the you first... really need to be in the top six to actually be a competitor yes. by that stage. And this is the first time uh, that we haven't been in in the eight since some time twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Since yep. about round four or five, twenty eighteen, and uh, we've already dropped three games. Yeah, the top four is really going to be out of reach if we if we don't it is if we it don't is. win the next cut, especially like that South ones. That's a big, you know, it's one of those four point swings, really, isn't it? Yeah. Whether we win or lose them. Um, but we've we, we got a, just on that, we've got a thing from Ben Wilson, great listener, and also our fan of the week uh, this week, Ben Wilson. Wilson B8, uh, at Wilson B8 on Twitter is your thing. And he sent this great nugget in. Um, just did a quick look at the 2019 Raiders results. We started three from three that year, and the season turned out great. Not sure what some fans are panicking about. So thank you for that, Benjamin. That was very good. Very well, good. And you point- are our fan of the week. Obviously, we went on a great run 
at the back end of, of, of 2019. And we kind of need to start a similar run now. We well, do. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And grand finals aren't won in April. But gee, finals campaigns can be lost there. Yes. Can't yes. they? Because we, we, you know, last year we only lost six games and we came fifth. I mean, it was a shortened season, but mm, yeah, we can't afford to drop too many more games. No. Now, uh, you have been listening to Raiders View with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the interweb, internet. Internet. Um, and, interweb. No reasons to be cheerful this week either? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll come back with that one. No next reasons week, to be cheerful. <laughs> no, they're not. Che- reasons to be cheerful. Don't worry about it. Let's, um, let's, let's wrap it up. Gee, it's, it's struggling. But to take us out this week, uh, great Raiders fan and and obviously the maker of our, our most fantastic sting, our song at the beginning, the Blake and the Pork theme, uh, Dennis Carnahan's given us this gem about John Morris to play us out this week. Um, anyway, let's get a win, people, and we'll talk to you again next week. The NRM, he registered he was banned So the Sharkies put him to the sword Baba Morris came in, everybody smiled Everything was going good for a while He didn't know what dangers lurked then In the Sharkies' barn Sharks coach was sacked Yeah, they took him in Then they spat him out They didn't want him for his final year Sharks coach was sacked Fitzgibbon's time for next year, but they needed a filler. They signed the most famous guy, me, a gorilla night watchman for the Cowboys. Has somehow jumped the shark. Shark's coach was sacked. Yeah, they gobbled him up and they spat him out. They didn't want it for his final year. Shark's coach was sacked. Finishing top eight. Now there's others who have done it, coaches, but the Sharks coach was sacked. Hey! The way they treated John Morris was embarrassing. It was a total lack of respect. Hey! I thought John Morris was treated appallingly by Cronulla. Hey! It lacked dignity and class from the Cronulla Sharks. Sharks coach was sacked! Sharks coach was sacked!